Hey everyone, welcome to season four of Faith in It with Kay. Y'all, I'm so grateful that God trusts, he trusts me with this platform. Last February when I started this podcast, I, I just knew I had something to say. And I thought just maybe there were people out there who wanted to hear it and wanted to talk back to me and (laughs) you know this podcast was started out of a desire to hear uh the black millennial christian voice speak on blackness and our faith walk so colliding with those social things that are happening um and our faith what does that look like i wanted to hear conversations that spoke on the interaction of the intersection of faith and blackness answering questions like do i need more faith as a black christian is there still a difference in the journey is there still a difference in the journey for a black christian versus a white christian because if we're honest we know there's a difference in the journey between a black and a white person um if you don't know god we know that without a doubt that there's a difference in that journey So I wanted to explore, is there still a difference when we come to God? Is there still a difference between the black Christian experience and the white Christian experience? This podcast, honestly, is just, it's for the socially woke Christian. It is for that Christian that's like, like, I see what's happening in the world. I don't subscribe to it. I don't succumb to it, but I see what's happening and I I see how it's affected me and I want to have those, I want to talk about those things. I want to have those conversations because if we're not able to acknowledge it, then we can't change it. So that's what this podcast is about. So I'm excited that you're here for season four. And, you know, it's been really crazy to kind of get inquiries for people who want to be a guest on the podcast. So if you want to be a guest on Faith in It with Kay, like you're like, hey, Kay. You know, I have a story that I'm going to tell. I want you to go ahead and email me. I'm going to make sure that every single way that you can connect with me is in the show notes. So uh, podcast, email, uh, social media platforms, all of that will be in the show notes. I want to hear from you. If you want to be a guest, I want you to reach out and just let me know. Hey, I like what's I like this platform. I like what's happening. I want to I want to talk. I want to talk to your audience about my journey, my faith walk. And if you want to join uh, our email list, go ahead and check the show notes again for how you can reach out to me and say, hey, Kay, I want to be a part of the email list. Now, the email list, I'm not going to super spam you because I don't like spammy emails. But the thought is um, maybe two to three times a month, you'll get an email from me. So it could be an email of something that's coming up. So um, maybe episode, maybe I'll send you um, early listening for new episodes. Maybe it'll be email. Um, if you need prayer, reaching out and saying, hey, keep this in prayer and creating a, an email list to where we, we keep each other in prayer and keep each other lifted up before um, God because we know that there's power in touching and agreeing. Not necessarily physically touching, but touching in the spirit and agreeing um, with each other's needs. So I want us to create that community where we are praying for each other. We are interceding and standing in the gap for each other. We're encouraging each other um, as we're walking through our different journeys. So if you're interested in being a part of email list, make sure you say, send me an email, DM me, however you want to do it, um, and say, hey, I want to be a part. And as always, please continue to subscribe, to share, to comment, uh, leave reviews. Like, I want to hear from you. Um, it's been amazing to kind of like get some, all these amazing feedbacks, honestly. Um, but yeah, I want to hear from you. So please go ahead and check out the show notes and contact me. Like, I want to hear from you. I want us to interact Uh, I want us to build season four and moving forward into a community. So I'm excited that you're here for season four. 
I'm excited for the guest. I'm excited for the message. I'm excited for the encouragement. I'm excited for the prayer. I'm excited for what God's about to do. Um, Because 2021 started out real crazy, Um, (laughs) y'all. But we serve an awesome God who's able to do all things but fail. So I'm excited for what he's going to do in your 2021. So no matter what it looks like, just to know that he's going to come through and he's going to come through in a mighty way for you because he's in the season right now of just elevation. It's, everything is happening super fast. Um, it's no longer that need to um, to wait. <laughs> and I think what it is, is we've been waiting. We've, he's been preparing us. Um, if we've allowed that to happen, he's been preparing us. We've been waiting. We've been anticipating um, and I think for many of us, we're walking into our now, we're walking into our now season and I'm super excited. I'm super excited to watch God work and to see what God has planned for 2021. So go ahead and stay tuned. And like I said, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on social media. Um, cause I have a couple more things that I plan on doing this year and I want you to be the first to know about it. The first to be a part of it. So I'm excited. So keep listening. I have so much, (laughs) Uh, some awesome guests really for you in uh, season four. So make sure that you're listening, you're sharing, um, and you're reaching out to me and saying, hey, Kay, I like that episode. Uh, I didn't like that episode. Uh, Can we talk more about this right here, Kay? I want to hear from you. Hey everyone, so welcome back to part three of Faith in the Journey with my sis Denise Martin Thompson. So I hope you've been enjoying the conversation so far. We talked in part one and part two, um, mostly about Denise's uh, journey. Um, We talked about her business and in this third part, we are really talking educational system. We're talking the juvenile system. So we're getting a little bit more um, into those uncomfortable spaces, right? Um, As it pertains to race and relations. So I hope that you will tune in and really listen into this episode. And please like feel free to reach out to uh, Dee if you have questions. Because as she mentions in this episode, she's she's worked in the system for so long. Um, she is based in New York, but she still has a wealth of wisdom and knowledge that you can draw on, especially if you are navigating this juvenile system. It's it's no easy task. Um, so yeah, the next thing that you'll hear is that conversation with Dee. Continue listening. Um, yeah, you mentioned in part one that you work within the juvenile justice system and one of the things that you said was it is so easy for kids to get into that system, but so difficult for them to get out. Same thing with the school. It's hard. Well, in the flip, the place that Mm -hmm. they need to be, it's difficult for them to get into the school, but easy (laughs) for them to get out. And, you know, it just made me think like that is the, the prison systems and the juvenile systems, they were, um, said to be created for reform and it's like the more and more you look at them and the more and more you experience them it's like it's it's nothing meant to reform about them there are pipelines and the doing mm-hmm. just the doing our justice quote-unquote justice system is a pipeline to get kids into the prison system and the prison system is not reforming anyone it's 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 really meant like you said to keep them because it is like no matter who they are that so it could have been, an inc- which in most, in a lot of incidents, it, they're, um, they're innocent men and women who go in, but because they have to fight or because they have to change because of the culture to protect mm-hmm. themselves, then now they're being charged, like, you, you know, so maybe because they had to pre- protect themselves, so now they have assault charges and now mm-hmm. they have these different things. So even like, I think, even in past, it's been finding out that these people are innocent, but because now they've created, they've racked up charges, uh, being in the system, now it's like they want to punish them 
for those charges within the system, but all they were trying to do was just survive within a broken system. And, you know, when you said that, you know, it is, especially for our black and brown kids, the school, it is, it's so difficult to get into for our kids. Um, And it's easy for them to get out, to be pushed out um, because the school systems were not created to uh, have an understanding of the black reality. Um, I think while I was there in New York, like I tried to do teach for America for, um, a little while, uh, yeah. because I've always been in the, this, whether it's the school system, but whatever I've done, it's been youth or community development advocacy and building. Um, so I tried to do teach for America and then in like be like going to the schools, a lot of the teachers, I'd be in East New York. And East New York has like a rap for being one of the worst parts of Brooklyn. But it was just like the teachers in the school system would be like teachers from Ohio or um, someplace where they had like one black person in their town. Uh And teacher America would send them there to do these few years and then they can return to wherever they they came from because like once they've kind of like paid their debt that while teaching but it's like a lot of those teachers were so disillusioned because their their reality of black people came from tv and tv is such a bad media is such a bad culprit of just exacerbating (laughs) um Mm -hmm. these stereotypes about black people and about our reality and about who we are and about our intelligence um it, it it's such a culprit and you know when schools are bringing in people who that's their reality and like honestly i think even part of this podcast was just talking about the black and white reality is different mm-hmm. um it's different and it, it's it's at the end of the day it's like for that white teacher even if they are american if you know nothing about the ghetto, if you know nothing, and it, even if it's not even the ghetto, if you know nothing about what it's like to have a parent who works night and day to provide food so they don't have time to, well, food, shelter, and clothes. And sometimes it's like they work night and day and all they could provide is food or, yeah. or shelter. And it's clothes, you know, maybe you get a little bit, but you really they really can't afford that because shelter takes so much. So it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, if you don't understand what that's like, if you don't understand what it's like to not have supplies or to not have what you need for school, because your parents have to make sure that you have what you need to survive. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you don't have that reality, if you don't know what it's like to take care of siblings and, relatives before you can make it off to school because there's nobody to take care of y'all in that in that personal need so you have to step up to be able to do that and then you can go to school and it's like to get there on time you just got to get there however you get there you know what I mean so when you don't understand this broken system this broken economy that's meant to keep us down and 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 you know what, 2020, like honestly, 2020 was a year that it was like black excellence was yeah. like on a high for me. Like yeah. everywhere I turned. It was yeah. like, what what song was that? Everywhere every, every, what is it? All I do is win, 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 no matter where. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what it felt like. Like with black yeah. excellence. It was just like that is and and I think the reality of us is our kids don't get that enough is that no matter what we're missing and what we're short of as a people, our ability to be resilient, our ability, like this innate genius lies within us. Like that, when I moved to New York, like that was my favorite thing. Honestly, there was a period where I really learned black history. Like I stayed Mm -hmm. at the New York public library I would write books, movies, just all about Black history. Like, because I wanted to learn more about, like, the power of, like, us as a people. And when I learned that, I'm like, so 
you went to uh you you were like you did surgery and we weren't even supposed to be at schools they didn't even want you to go to school so we have lights because a black man had the missing link to the piece that needed that was needed for electricity that's why Mm -hmm. the light bulb exists like the stoplight was created because of a black man like you know like when you start looking at a reality and what was created out of black excellence in a time where black education was forbidden, very few. And it's like, wow, we're now in this, in, in the year of our Lord, <laughs> 2021, mm-hmm. where education is a little bit more available um, to us as a people. But Kay, but, you said the key thing. They have to start looking. It's available. It really is. But you have to start looking and you have to start looking outside of what they're giving you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that that point that you made about going to the library. Our kids don't want to go to the library. And we have to be honest about that, right? Yeah. We yeah. we have to like this whole generation, you know, it's technology based which is it has its good things but it also has its deficits right because i can go to google and google things that i had to go to the library to look up in a book you know what i'm saying so it's like you have to have that desire to look like you have to have that desire to to say that you know what there has to be more for me despite in spite of what they're saying to me, yes. right? And, and, you know, what they're saying to me, you know, what they're saying about me, you know, is their perspective, right? But yeah, what can I say about myself, right? And it's crazy because going back to the juvenile justice system for a minute, right? Yeah. Working there and, and, and experiencing what I've experienced since I've been there, right? I, I've seen it from from two perspectives, right? I've seen it yeah. from the perspective that I can say that, okay, the program that I work with, right? Because we have different layers in the program. We have secure sites, that's the, you know, high offenders, right? The higher offenders. So those, those kids are actually serving their time at the facility, right? So we have the secure site. And then we have what's called non-secure placement that that's the kids who they committed a crime but it's not on the level as of the secure site so they're living in group homes while they're serving their time and then you know after a certain amount of time they may get a home pass and you know until their release date then we have non-secure detention those are the kids who are still in court waiting, you know, for a decision to come down from the judge, whether or not they're going to be placed, released, you know, ACD or whatever the, it may be. And then yeah. one, one more that I forgot to mention was limited secure placement. Those kids are also in a building where they don't get to, to leave. So they're not in a group home type of situation, but their crimes is not on the level of the secure either. That's one step down from the secure site, right? Mm. Here's the issue that I've had as an educator working in the juvenile justice system. So we're still representing the Department of Education, right? But we're yeah. working we're working alongside ACS, alongside um, corrections, you know, to provide the educational component for our students. The problem that I've that I've seen one, a lot of our kids who are now sentenced or placed or you know waiting for a decision, they have not been going to school, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of time this this mandated experience is is a first time in a long time that they're experiencing this thing, right? Yeah. So you have some kids who would say, "Miss, I haven't been in school in three years." Wow. Like what you've been doing three years is. Like I said, it's the hardest place to get in, but the easiest place to to get out of. So I, I may leave the house in the morning. My parent, who's working that you know overnight shift, may think I'm on my way to school. But yeah. as soon as I walk in the building, I'm out the back door. You know what I'm saying? And then 
a day goes to a week, a week go into a month. You know how time goes. And before yeah. you know it, a year yeah. is like three years. And, and before you know it, you have missed out on, on foundational lessons, foundational skills, which are not only taught in a classroom, right? But yeah. you have not been opened into up into that space, that mental space that you need to be in to even say like what you said, there's more, I need to go look for it, right? Yes. So if you're not looking for education, you're looking for something else. It may be you're looking for money. And, and if you're looking for money without, you know, a certain type of education, it doesn't always have to be book education, right? Because you have entrepreneurs who are doing their things without college degrees. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But they're looking, there's a desire to do things and to do things in a certain manner, right? To do things, let's, let's put it out there the right way, right? The, yes. the, 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 um, the hard way, the, the, not, the, not the easy route. Right. And then yeah. you have, you have our, our kids who honestly, they, they make a dumb behind mistake like kids do. Right. Yeah. So here's, I tell a lot of my students, the first time you make it, you do it. It's a mistake. But the second yeah. time you do it, it's a choice now. Right. Yeah. So it's no longer a mistake. You're making a choice. Right. When you yeah. are released, you go back to the same community. I know sometimes it's hard to get away from the community that you've been raised in, but it's still a choice to go back and hang out with that same homeboy that, you know, you got into trouble with the first right. time. Right. So now your mistakes is now becoming choices. And then your choices has the have these consequences. And the thing that, you know, again, speaking from the point of view of an educator who's working in the system. Right. The bad thing about it. I feel, and I tell my kids this all the time, right? We build up a false reality for our kids, right? So mm -hmm. when they're in these programs, they try to keep, not the secure sites, because secure sites actually like a, a jail experience, right? But when mm -hmm. our kids are in the close to home um, programs, you want them to feel like they're close to home, right? So they're living in group homes, they have home passes, they're getting meals, they're getting trips, they, you know, they're being taken care of. So a lot of time that has a, a double sword effect because life is good here, right? Sometimes yeah. life is better there than it is in their home. So guess what? If I know I'm going to be released on this day, I'm going to go back home and commit another crime because I know that I'm going to come back to this safe space, right? This place where I'm, I'm getting yeah. three meals a day, this place where I'm, I'm going on trips. I, I'm, you know, I have staff members who may care about me more than, you know, not, not that they care more about more than you know their parents but sometimes that is the case but yeah. they have more time energy and attention to attend to them right because they're not yeah. working 24 7 or whatever the case may be right however like i said that double-edged sword come where you're not going to be 12 or 13 or 14 or even 15 or 16 forever at some point you turn 17 at some point you turn 18 and guess what you can't come back to our system anymore Right yep. now you're looking at Rikers. Now you're looking at upstate prison. Now you're looking at the reality of a, 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 a criminal system that is going to look at your track record. Right. So I, I've had students who thought they were in the clear. And as soon as they turned 18, were dragged back into court. And now all those little bitty things that were collecting dust and you thought were going away are not. They're, they're now being opened up in a, another state of affair, right? Another court. Yeah. And now you're being charged in the, as an adult for things that you thought wasn't being dealt with, right? So yeah. when we talk about the system, we have to talk about a lot of things outside of the system. We have to talk about the environment that our kids are being raised in. We have to talk about the, yeah. resources, the resources that are not in these environments. We have to talk yes. about, you know, these gang affiliations that our kids feel that sometimes a gang affiliation is all the family that they have. Like, you know, there, there's so many, so many different issues that, that we need to begin to really, the pain points that are not being yeah. addressed right before yeah. the kid is even arrested right yeah. and, and if we don't as a we got to start community based because we can't you go all the way to the top and think that they're going to come down all the way to the <laughs> right. Top, right? right but community based and, and just mentorship and just development and programs and just 
the work that we're doing for adults need to be done for our kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I've seen kids who've come through our programs. I, I, I'm still in connection with a couple of my kids who were released and are doing well, but they're doing yeah. well because when they left, they had some sort of follow-up support. You cannot release a kid back into the wild without support and expect him to make different choices. Right? Yeah. So, so that's 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 a forever and ever conversation because that conversation can go on. There's so much work that needs to be done, not only while the kid, you know, is in in these facility with us, like one of my, my coworkers said, the work needs to be done before they even get to us. You yeah. know, what I'm saying? It needs to be done in the elementary schools. It needs to be done in the in the middle schools and in, in the high schools. It needs to be done, you know, with the counselors, the social workers, the moms, the dads, you know, the aunties, whoever's taking care of these kids, you know, with community members. Like people need to step up more, right. you know, for for our youth and, and to really understand that look, at some point, guess what? Our youth is gonna be they're gonna grow up. You know what I'm saying? And, and they're going to interact at some point. And I always say, one of our students at some point may be interacting with your kid. Yeah. And that's when you're going to take it personally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's when it's going to hit home. You know, because when you say not my kid, not my kid, not my kid, it could be your kid. Yep. One dumb mistake can change your child's whole life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, really and truly praying for your kids, number one, right? Be an example with your own life for your kids, right? Talking to your kids, but also and truly just listening and, and, and having that, that, that relationship with your kids, you know, that they can come and talk to you and, and really find out that it's, it's okay to look. It's okay to look outside the classroom. It's okay to, to actually figure out what it is you love and, and, and to make that your, your focal point. You know, I, I was reading this book. I don't think I shared it with you, but it's called the power of focus um, mm -hmm. by Jack Canfield. And it's how to hit your business, personal and financial targets with confidence and certainty. Mm -hmm. But I brought that up to, to share the fact that one of the things that we have been taught to do, right? And this is something that was shared in the book and something that I really had to think about was that, you know, as a kids growing up, they was like, oh, you need to focus on your weak points and make them stronger. Yeah. And, you know, one of the points that they made, what happens is that you end up having stronger weaknesses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Instead of you putting your focus on the areas yeah. of your life that you're brilliant in your strong points and maximizing that that's what we're seeing happening with a lot of young entrepreneurs you understand yeah. their parents are saying you go for it you do it and they're tapping into the things that they're brilliant at at a younger age and that's why you're able to see millionaire entre entrepreneurs who are 13 and 14 yeah. and 15 year old because their parents took off the reins and said be free yeah. find out what it is tap into it and I'm going to support you. Not saying that you don't need financial support because you do, right? And, yeah. and like I said, everything happens for a reason and a purpose, but there are certain steps that I believe that we can take, especially when your platform is different for you to begin with in the first place, right? And, and you have to know your season and you have to embrace it and, yeah. and walk in that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what it is. That's what it is. It's a system that we know is not going away. Nope. No, any time. No, right. So we got to do our I part. Get, we got to exactly. do our part. And it, it just, we got to do our part, and our kids have to do their parts. Because I don't know if you saw the news, and I, I and I was highly, I was highly offended. Um, this man was in a car with his family and the it was the bikers they they were riding their bikes and whatever and i guess the man beat their horn his horn at them and they basically bombarded this man threw their bikes on his car stomped down the window and oh they just gosh. 
it, it, it was so heartbreaking to watch because I said, you know what? Some of those kids are going to end up at, 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 at my site. You understand? Some of those kids. And it's like, at what point do we stop saying, oh, it's, it's, it's a society thing? You know, at, at what point do we stop saying, and I'm saying there are a lot of injustices in our societies. Yeah. No doubt about it. Right. But when when are our kids right going to say, like, you know what? I made that decision. And it was a bad decision. Like I saw this kid. He jumped on the man's car and started kicking in, 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 in the 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 windshield. I was like, what? What was the only thing that kept on saying was like, what was the point of that? Yeah. Like, like, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then, you know, on the other side, you know, we we're fighting, we're fighting for, for, we're still fighting for freedom. We're still fighting that, that, that you won't have to be scared when a police officer stops you. We're, we're still fighting. So when you guys do things like this, you're, you're not making it easier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's a lot of, that's true. A, I think it's a lot of conversations that need to be had with our kids. We we need to start talking more to our kids. Yeah, and I, I think what it is too, like if I if I'm completely our culture is angry. <laughs> like and our kids are angry. Like I think it's you know, I remember even coming here. Um when I first came here, I really had no black friends. And that was because mm. the black, all, all the black kids pretty much were like, you know, go back to where you came from because that was mm. the language that their parents had. Mm. And I think mm. it's, it's important to acknowledge that most kids are angry because they're coming from angry households. So those mm. things that make no sense, it makes no sense because what are they being taught? Like, you, you know, like mm. you said, going back to the household. And I think a lot of parents, a lot of adults are angry and mm. you know i think they are coming sometimes from household where their parents are good people they're doing what's right but they're angry and they don't speak about yes you know what i mean like at some point you have to acknowledge like i i know for me like i went through the motions in 2020 and i go through it very frequently of just being angry like angry at the white race <laughs> because their their anger towards black people make no make no sense to me. You know what I mean? Like their racism makes no sense because it has no no uh no backstory, no backing of like why. You know, when I when you can't tell me like, oh, as a people we raped, killed destroyed your country like when you when you don't have that kind of backstory for your hate and your hate just simply exists because of a color because of jealousy because of you know like systematic rage so what's your the rage that you inherited and you inherit a rage that had no basis and i think like as as a black culture and sometimes even as Christians, we don't have those honest questions, like, like those honest conversations. So our kids are subconsciously seeing the anger that we have because it's yeah. like, you don't say like, God, like, you know, I had to be like, God, like, I'm so pissed off. Like I'm so angry. Why does this keep happen- happening to us? Why? And, yeah. and, you know, there are many times where it's happening to people who, are not doing any wrong. They have not done anything wrong. They were just simply being, being black. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they were just simply in a state of being when these things happen. So, you know, it's that anger. And I think sometimes like the kid, like even working with like, cause I've worked in the, um, uh, with, uh, oh my gosh, now I can't remember where I worked. Um, but kids who had emotional and um, mental like issues. So they were in alternative schools. So I worked in alternative mm-hmm. schools and a lot of the kids were just angry <laughs> and they were angry because they took on parents' anger. They were angry because of things that were done to them in the home or outside of the home. They were angry about these adult experiences that they have to endure Mm-hmm. but in our households no one wants to talk about it mm-hmm. you know it's like 
no one talks about it. And that's why I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm at a state where I'm like, I learned <laughs> the value of therapy. Um, and it's like, now that's being normalized in our culture. But before it was like, well, what happens in this house stays in the, in this house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it stays in this house didn't mean that we were going to talk about it. It just meant yeah. that we ain't going to talk about it, but it don't leave this house. So yeah. here's this kid struggling with what happened to them, but nobody wants to talk to them about it to tell them that it wasn't normal. It wasn't right. It wasn't okay. Um, you know, if you're a parent, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't there to protect you. You know, yeah. I'm going to be here right now and protect you in a way that I know how to not kill the person, beat the person, but it is mm-hmm. going the route of the legal system. Like this is when the legal system works. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just like, I think kids are angry because the adults are angry. And because the adults aren't willing to have conversations and say, and even if they try to hide their anger, kids are not, and, and we do that too. It's not a, it's, we have to stop getting out of that mindset as do as I say, not as I do. Nobody mm-hmm. does that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody does that. Like, that's not what translate. It's the doing that translate. So the kids are going to do what you do. They're going to, they're going to say what you say. Cause for them, that's fake. But they're going to do what you do. So they see that anger and they're feeding off that anger because we don't want to talk. And, and like, you know, honestly, like you said, this is such a loaded topic, but I, I'm so glad that you, you know, you said this, you know, the wisdom that you said, like when it comes down to starting at home and it just made me think like, as it pertains to youth advocacy, because like I learned this year too, even more and more um, that we're so focused on presidential elections we don't think about school board elections and things like that that also matters to the education of our kids so we talk about the school system but as a community and as a culture we don't go to parent-teacher meetings we don't we don't go to uh the school board meetings we don't go to these different avenues that are open we don't go to them to let our experiences be made known but we expect we expect the people who don't know our experiences to to still make way or make room for experiences, if that makes any sense. So yeah. can you just talk a little bit about like the importance of parental advocacy and exposure um, when it, as it pertains to our Black and brown children? So it definitely has to start in the home, right? Um, I truly believe communication is key. I have many hats that I wear, right? And being a, a mom who at some point, you know, you have to go into parent teacher conferences and stuff like that. One thing I always, <laughs> I have to tell my kids or I ask them, I say, you know, do you want to handle it? Or do you want mommy to show up as the advocate or the, the mommy, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when I go into these conferences, right? if they don't know that I'm a teacher, they speak very differently, right? Yeah. But one, and, and I had this this issue with one of my daughters because um, I'm a literacy specialist, right? So the stuff that you were telling me about my daughter and the way that you were trying to teach it to her, I know there's a better way, right? So, but before I even flash my literacy card, right? I yeah. need you to understand that there are other parents who may not have that literacy card, right? So yeah. it's 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 so many different conversations that I just feel that needs to be happening, right? Yeah. How, how do teachers speak to parents about their kids, right? And how do we make suggestions to parents about their kids without making them feel like you know better than they do, right? Because yeah. they're classify as an educator, right? So I've, I've entered into different spaces as far as education is concerned with my kids, you know, my son and, and my daughters in different aspects and different modes. And to really, truly get to the place where you're going to get what you need to get, you need to understand, one, the type of student your kid is, right? Yeah. Because 
There are things that you can tell me about my kid that I'd be like, yeah, that's my kid. <laughs> that's <laughs> my kid. And yeah. there are things you can tell me about my kid and be like, nope, you got the wrong one, honey. That's not my kid. And don't get me wrong, right? You There, there are moments and there are instances where, you know, your kid totally flips the script and you'd be like, what the? Right? That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was yeah. that? But for the most part, right, you know your kid. Yeah. The other thing is you have to establish the type of relationship with your kids that you want them to establish with the people that they're with. Right. So one of the things and both of my daughters do it, they have no concept that, yo, um, mommy or daddy may be doing something like if, if they need to talk to you, they're coming, they're shutting down whatever you're doing in that moment. They need to 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 get it out then right and that's something that as much as you want to say yo not right now we my husband and I we acknowledge that and we we allow them to share right because you want to always have the type of relationship where your kids come and share with you first right especially when they start developing into teenagers and they have their little clicks and a lot of times they, they don't come to the parents for that insight, right? Like yeah, if you think true. about all of the mistakes that the kids make is because they didn't, they didn't get some insight from an adult. They got it from a silly friend, you know yeah, what I mean? That's true. So it's working in all of these behind the scenes stuff in the house first before the kid even gets into a school building can help. And I say can help because sometimes you do every single thing that you're supposed to do in a household level, right? And then the kid still does what the kid needs to do or feels yeah. they have to do, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's it's about really and truly knowing your kid, knowing yourself, right? Identifying yeah. identifying your own triggers, right? And in and, and your, own, your own deficits, right? Yeah. And working on, like you said, looking outside, looking for what, what more do you need to add, right? Yeah. So you're not, you're not empty, you're not angry, right? So yes. when you are going to have these conversations with your, your, your child's educators, whoever they may be, right? You are not feeling like you're showing up to that conversation empty, right? Yes. You have something that you can bring to the conversation. So do your research, right? Yeah. There are yeah. things, there are books, there, there are people that you can speak to. You know what I'm saying? Tap in, tap in and, and, and get the information that you need and then and pray on it and play your card accordingly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The other yeah. thing I will, I want to say is that I want to, I want to get, I want to get the language correct, right? We're going to let them feel the consequences for their actions. Right. And a lot of times that, that that's needed. However, if you have an opportunity to keep your child out of the juvenile justice system, right. Please that opportunity. I've seen parents who wanted to let the kid, you know, learn their lessons. So they allowed the system to, you know, place them when they could have taken them home. They say, you know, they tell the judge, I want my child to be placed. And that's for a lot of kids, the beginning of Pandora's box, right? Because like I said, once they're in the system, it's the hardest place to get out of, right? So yes, we want to teach our kids some valuable lessons, but the prison walls is not the place for those lessons to be taught, right? It, it, it's just, it's not. And I've seen it happen, you know? And then then once the kid is in the system, it's just like the revolving door. And, and you know, you can't get back that power once you release it to the system. Once you tell the system like, yo, I can't do anything with this child anymore and you give up that right, it's really hard to get that, that power back, right? So uh, wow. always, you know, Always fight for your kid. Fight, fight with all the fight that you got inside of you before you you 100% throw in the towel or, or give your kid over to the system, right? And um, educate yourself, 
about the system, <laughs> educate yeah. yourself about what goes on behind the system's wall. There are things, there are stories that, you know, I can't even share right now because I'm still working for the system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, at some point you will buy my memoir and you will read about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it, it's, 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 it's a lot, right? And, and, I don't know. It, it just, it comes back to say like, yes, anger is a valid emotion. God gave it to us, but he also says sin not in your anger, right? Yes. That the sun goes down on your anger. So it's like at the end of the day, we have to bring it back to the choice that, yo, as horrible as this moment in your life may be, you still get to choose how you react to it, right? Um, right. This book, The Other West Moore. Two men, same name, same exact names, total different outcomes. One life in prison, the other one successful. Why? Choices. Choices. Yeah. In the midst of the circumstances, we still get to choose. And that's one thing I always tell my son, you know, you know, when he was growing up, whenever you get a choice to choose, choose to do good. You can't yeah. go that right choose to do good even when the circumstance or the situation is is telling you that yo you should cuss that person out you should let that person know ah let god yeah you know what i'm saying yeah let god take care of it because when he takes care of it you know it is done well right so it's it's about all these it's life lessons that we have to learn right and yes that's just that's just what life is, right? Yes, yeah. we have endured a lot as a people. We're still enduring the hate, the pain, the injustice, the unfairness, the lower yeah. wages, and we can go on and on and on, <laughs> right? Yeah. However, I still choose to work on being better over bitter. I still choose to acknowledge that when my God lifts me up, I will be lifted up above my enemy, right? right? I acknowledge that if God did it for Job, he can restore for me too. Like I, I have to acknowledge these things that, that I know that my God is not a liar. I know he's not a man that he's going to lie to me or, or change his word. So I'm right. going to, to find right. comfort in my knowing and I'm going to show up as a representative of Christ, right? It's not always easy. Don't get me wrong. I have my moments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I will be alive. Yeah. I don't have my moments. We all do. But yes. that moment, you always know there's a quick way to recovery and it's through Jesus Christ. And, and you just, you go back, you acknowledge and, and then you move on. You forgive yourself. You forgive the person, the situation, you let it go and you move on. But the, the key thing that we have to keep saying is, Look out, look out, look outside of the situation, look outside of this moment, look up, look up, focus, look up, look up. There is a God like in the midst of all of this, he's alive, he's well. And if it's not ordained, it's allowed. And if he's allowing it or ordaining it, it is to serve me a purpose, right? He has the ability to to, um, harden the hearts of men. He has the ability to remove. He has the ability to cut you down like your grass with a a lawnmower. Like he can do all of that. You know what I'm saying? So if I suffer with Christ, I know I'm going to be sharing in the glory also. So it's like daily affirmation, daily conversations, daily reminders, you know, hanging with people that's going to uplift you, finding your tribe. Like these are conversations. And I know one of the questions, like, what would you say to your 12 year self? Like, that's what I would say to Denise, you know, the one who was struggling to, to fit in. Like some of us aren't meant to fit in baby girl. Like yeah. you're just not that one. Like you never yeah. one and you will never be that one. So own your space. Be full yeah. of yourself like Oprah Winfrey. Like own your yes. Like and, and 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 don't we say it we say it in the islands. Don't beg nobody to be the, your friend, right? Don't yes. beg no friends. Yes. So don't beg for no friends now. Right. So yes. it's like own your stuff and know that if God gave it to you, it's for you to do something with it, right? And if he did not give it to you, it's because 
is not supposed to be given to you or it may not be the time right so right. just live right. and, and and that's that's what i'm walking into 2021 you know there are there is a lot that i desire from god but i do not want it to be outside of his will and i do don't want it to be with a sacrifice of my relationship with him and i i I don't want things quick and easy because when i look back at it i want to know that yo it was worth this journey you know what i'm saying so at the end of at the end of all of this i know there is something next you know so keep looking keep looking there's something else coming like the word you send me it's bigger than you think right yes so First of all, you covered like the questions I was about to ask. Like, <laughs> what would you say to your 12 year old self? You already said that. And, you know, I was going to ask you to speak to a 12 year old listener, but if you missed it, just, you know, rewind a little bit. She <laughs> was just speaking. Dee <laughs> was just speaking to her 12 year old self and you at the same time. Uh, so I don't, I only have two questions left for you. Like, what is your favorite Bible scripture? Mm. For I know the plans that I have for you. Mm. To bless yes. you and to give you hope. There are certain scriptures that God has given me since I was a kid. Yeah. Even when I was going through. Like I, I went through a lot. Like stuff that we can't even share on this podcast right now, girl. But I went through a lot. But um yes. The other scripture that he he knitted me a sweater, I forgot the exact one, but it, a, while I was in the, my mother's womb, you know what I'm saying? And, yes. and scripture really spoke to me because, um, you know, you don't always feel wanted, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And God let let me know, like, yo, I I had knitted, hand knitted, honey. Yes. <laughs> you got the creators. Yes she'll sweater (laughs) before I even placed you in your mama's womb um one of my latest scriptures though um it's Isaiah 48 17 for I know the plans I know I want to say it exactly right I'm gonna I wrote it down because this was one that has been really speaking to me in this season of my life yes so I want to say it exactly the way he said it. So it says, I am the, it's for Isaiah 48, 17. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. This is my scripture for this year because he knows what's best. He's going to direct me in the way that I should go. And then also from Isaiah 51, 4, it says, instructions will go out from me. God is going to instruct us in this year. Like right now I'm studying um, Isaiah with my auntie on Tuesday. Um, we do Bible studies. So um, we're in the book of Isaiah. And, and when I tell you that prophet, his, <laughs> his stuff was just so deep and and it's 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 living you know it's like the living word so you know god's word is living anyway but yes um scriptures is like speaking in this particular season of my life like god is teaching you like god is instructing you like god is directing you like god even even you reaching out to me like god strategically doing these things like so you don't have you don't have to wonder. You don't have to wonder if it's him because it's coming to you. You don't have to look for it in this season. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, yes, God. And, and that's that's the comfort that I am. I'm holding on to it. And Kate, don't get me wrong, right? Because yeah. it's it's a it's a daily, daily, oh, yeah. daily, daily. Oh yeah. Um, struggle right it's a daily 
reminders for yourself daily. Like you have to recite and affirm and reaffirm and go back. I oh, yeah. got to the point now in my writer's notebook where I write, wrote down my scriptures. I put a little post-it on it that says, read. <laughs> like, <laughs> read this every day. Like, read. Like, read this every day. So, you know, I, I tap my writer's notebook right now, you know, while I'm writing anything that I need to remind myself of daily. I just put a, a post-it on it, those little flaggies, and I go back and I, you know, because 49 notebooks is a lot, right? And sometimes, yeah. like, sheesh, sometimes I, I sit with my notebooks and especially like before COVID hit and I had to do a workshop, I would pull out all my notebooks and I'd go back through some of them just to remind yourself of the journeys you made it through, you know? And um, yeah, so it's like the scriptures, these particular scriptures, and I have many more, but these particular scriptures are speaking into this particular moment of my life. So the Bible has so much that you can get, but you have to really ask God, what do I need to feed on for this particular time of my life? And those are the scriptures that, you know, are leaving notebook 48 because they got to jump right back into notebook 49 you know new page needed scripture you know so yeah yeah those are good those are good and i just i i want to note that you read jeremiah 29 11 Mm -hmm. and i believe because this is the one i had to look it up i believe um because i i remember that one Briefly, I think is it the Psalms one thirty nine verse thirteen is the one that you were think you were uh, reciting for you created me created my inmost being you knit me together yeah so yeah. that was Psalms one thirty nine thirteen yeah. for anyone listening um, because the part I remembered about that was you were uh, fearfully and wonderfully made yeah um, and it's like just praising God for being fearfully and wonderfully made made yeah Um, and that's the the other point right you held on to the part of the scripture that spoke to you and i held on to the part yeah to hold on to yes yes so d thank you so much for (laughs) your time uh that exceeded what we initially (laughs) planned i want to ask before you know we part ways you know, if you have, do you have any final words that you want to say uh, to our listeners? Um, I just want to say a couple, I'm going to read off the quotes that's on my new writer's notebook. So it says, how bad do you want it? Do the impossible, choose joy. It's time to be awesome. Be a goal, a goal getter, mm-hmm. learn from yesterday, live for today and hope for tomorrow love live and laugh so that's that's what i want to share yes that is awesome d thank you again so much this has been so good was it like campbell Mm -mm, good (laughs) (laughs) this has been so good so good and we're gonna make sure that we put your information in the show notes so many gems so we're going to make sure that we give people an opportunity to reach out to you uh, personally and to hear from, you know, hear more from you, be a part of your workshops, uh, be, you know, go to your website, read your blog, uh, buy new mm-hmm. merchandise. So we're going to make sure that we put those things in the show notes for you guys. So you'll be able to reach out to D herself um, and continue the conversation and, you know, see what else um, God has for you um, on this path. Cause this was so good. This was really good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Kay. I just want to um, just right now just to cover you. Father God, I just ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Father Lord, that you will continue to 
cover Kay from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, Lord, that you will continue to pour into her only the way you can do it, my Father, that she will just be overflow, overflow for 2021, Lord. Overflow there, God. Wherever her feet walks there, God. Whatever her hands touch, my God. Father God, multiply it there, God. Multiply it. Father God, every resource, every material, every circumstance, every opportunity that she needs, let it find her there, God. Let it be a magnet and just cling to her there, Father. Father, God, you said in this season there, Father, that we will not have to search, my God, that it's going to show up there, God, and testify that it was sent by God, Father. We claim it there, God. We receive it there, Father. We pray your continual anointing over this podcast there, God, that every every person, every ear that that hears it there, God, will know that you are alive, that you are ready, able, and willing there, God, to touch them there, Father, in the places where they are hurting there, God, and that you will be able to uplift them the only way of of the real God can do it there, Father. Have your way right now there, God. As we get off this call there, Father, we will never want to get off the conversation with you, Father God. Father God, we love you, we honor you, we thank you for Jesus Christ and your Holy Spirit, Lord, and it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yes. Amen, sister. Yes, God. Have your way, Father. Have your way, honey. Thank you so much, Dee. I really Hey, it really was my pleasure. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with my sister. And I've so enjoyed our conversation over these past three weeks. I really hope that you've enjoyed it as well. Um, as I mentioned over and over again, you're probably tired of me. <laughs> Please make sure that you go ahead and follow her and reach out to her. Like I said, she has so much uh, wisdom, so much uh, resources available to you. So please go ahead and reach out to her. As always, her information will be in the show notes for you. So you can go ahead and connect with her. And I want to reiterate uh, one of the scriptures uh, she shared Uh, which was Psalms 139, and I'm going to read from 12 um, to 15, Um, and it says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as, as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee, for thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth well. My substance are, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and carelessly wrought in the lowest part of the earth. So, I read the King James Version, so there are many versions. I, I will I encourage you to go ahead and check it out in another version, maybe even the Messenger, messenger Version or international version, because uh, it might, it breaks it down a little bit more. Um, but I just, I just love that scripture. Um, as Dee mentioned, when you read scripture, sometimes there's certain parts of it that we cling to uh, for where we are and what we need um, and how the scripture feeds us individually. But I just thought that was just an amazing scripture, an amazing reminder of no matter what we're going through, no matter what's going on, that God knows us like he he was we were not made in secret um we are not a mistake we were intentionally brought here and brought forth by him uh he he was the master that knit us together so our personality and who we are He's crafted all of those things. So everything about us is so intentional. It's just a scripture that reminds us that we are intentionally here. We are intentionally who we've been called to be. Um, and there's no there's no accidents with God. So I just want to encourage you, no matter what space you're in, or just remind you um, that the Father was intentional about you. Everything about you was intentional. He has a plan and he has a purpose and you are here for a reason. So I hope again that you enjoy these conversations. By the time you'll be hearing this, I will be well into my Jesus here because this is 
you know, March 1st is my birthday. Um, so I'm just, this is just such a fitting word to just walk out um, and re- be reminded that even in the midst of um, thinking about those things that are not quite where I want them to be, that, or me not being quite where I want to be, that everything about me is intentional. Even the steps that I'm taking right now, they are intentional. Um, so again, I'm so excited that you continue to join me on this journey. I hope <laughs> that you will continue to listen and interact. Um, the information to follow me and to follow the podcast page and to interact is also in the show notes because I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you're thinking and how these episodes, how these conversations are affecting you. Are they helpful? Um, so please continue to have that conversation with me. I want to con- converse <laughs> um, with you. Um, or as Beyonce might put it, I want to conversate, <laughs> but I want to converse with you about what it is that you are listening uh, to and how you're being impacted by it. And again, um, you can let me know if you want to be a part of the email list. As I send out right now, it's generally monthly emails. Um, just welcome you into a new month and then also offering um, like my sisters did for me, uh, which I just, you know, I loved because I was the first person that actually prayed um, for my podcast and prayed for my listeners. And just um, we had that moment to pray online um, or on the podcast together. So um, that is something that I want to be able to extend to you if you need prayer, or if you need to, someone to touch and agree with you in that way. Um, please feel free to email me and let me know. Uh, I will absolutely stand in the gap with you. So until next time, see ya.